Well, hey, Gospel Hope. Man, today I'm excited to open God's Word with you as we look at John chapter 10. And what a fitting text for us to look at as we get ready to start a brand new year. We are moving out of 2020 and into 2021. And the reason that this passage is so relevant for us as we're kind of refreshing and resetting our lives is that in this text, Jesus tells us that he promises abundant life to those who walk in him. So my desire for myself and for our whole church family is that 2021 would be a year where we as the people of God are walking in abundant life. Uh, so the title of the sermon is simply this this morning, Life in Abundance from John chapter 10 verses 7 through 18. So let me pray with us one more time and just ask for the Lord to really meet us in his word. Oh Lord, would you open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things from your law? Would you speak to us? Would you be our good shepherd once again? In the precious name of Christ, we pray. Amen. In 1998, there was a movie entitled Life is Beautiful, and it was a wild success in America. Uh, what was unusual about this movie, it was all in Italian. In fact, at that time, it was one of the largest grossing, the most profitable non-English films of all time. And the reason I think that this movie was so successful and so profitable is because it had an incredibly compelling storyline. Uh, let me give you a synopsis if you've never seen this film. Well, even though you, you couldn't follow all the dialogue if you were an English speaker, what was amazing about it, it was captured in this wonderful portrayal and cinematography telling the story of an Italian Jewish bookstore owner during the time of World War II. And what was tragic about this is this bookstore owner, along with his family, got taken into a Nazi concentration camp. This, this owner had a child at the time, though. And because he loved his child dearly, he didn't just want his child to get out of the prison camp one day and survive. He really wanted him to throughout the whole time, see that life is beautiful. So the protagonist, whose name was Guido, designed this amazing game for his child to play. And he invited his son into this elaborate game of hide and seek, convincing him that this whole tragic incident was a part of a big game. And the child played along. Why do I bring this up this morning? It's simply this. Well, that father's heart to his child, that he wanted him not just to escape and get away and live. He wanted him actually to see that life was amazing and have abundant life, if I could, even during a time of tragedy. Uh, or if I could put it very simply, this reflects the heart of our Father for us. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, here's what I want to say plainly to you. God wants his children not simply to survive, but to thrive. God wants you not simply to survive, but to thrive. And we see this principle plainly played out in our text of Scripture today in John chapter 10, verse number 10, where Jesus rather famously says, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. In this passage, Jesus is portrayed as the good shepherd. And he expresses right here, his desire for his sheep is that they have abundant life in him. 
You see, Christ didn't come into the world just to save us one day. Well, praise God, he did that. He did come to bring us complete and utter and final salvation one day in the future. But I want to remind you, as John chapter 10 reminds us this morning, Jesus wants to give you abundant life today. That's not just a future promise. That's a present reality that God wants you to have. Jesus' friends came to transform both your eternal destiny and your present reality. The gospel is not just a then and there message. It is a here and now message. Now, this certainly doesn't mean that those who follow Jesus will have no troubles, that somehow walking in abundant life means that your life is carefree and never faces any problems. In fact, the Bible says exactly the opposite. Those who follow Jesus will have troubles in this life, will have challenges. God did not come to make you immune to the adversity of the world. However, I think what this passage is promising us is simply this. Sheep flourish under the shepherd's care. That is, when you follow Jesus, when you know that he is your good shepherd, when he is leading you and guiding you and protecting you, your life can experience a measure of flourishing that apart from him is simply impossible. Many times throughout scripture, God's people are referred to as sheep. And I believe that the primary reason why Jesus is referred to as the shepherd and we are referred to as the sheep is because sheep are needy. That's the point of this metaphor in the Bible. In fact, Sheep without a shepherd get themselves into a great deal of trouble. Uh, maybe you were online recently and you saw this crazy photo of a sheep whose name is Shrek. You see, Shrek the sheep, uh, that's hard to say, uh, wandered away from his flock and more importantly from his shepherd. And for six years he was in a cave kind of surviving on subsistence all by himself. And when he emerged from this cave and was found by his shepherd, he was in a bad way. You look at his coat and you see that he's overwhelmed by the density of his wool. When it was all said and done and they shaved him, that was 60 pounds worth of wool that they took off him. That is a lot of sweaters, friends. Uh, this underscores the reality that sheep are dependent on their shepherd. Can you identify? You know, as we walk through the quagmire that has been 2020, no doubt all of us have felt some sense of helplessness. I, I know I have. Uh, we cannot control our health or the health of our loved ones. Uh, we can't control the spread of the virus or the speed of when things will get back to normal, as it were. We cannot control what is going to happen in the news. And we can't control how people around us are going to react to that news. We cannot even control our schedules, our bank accounts, the security of our jobs as we are accustomed to. The reality is that 2020, if it has taught us anything, it is this. We are not control. And if I'm being really honest, I have felt pretty sheep-like during 2020. And I bet that's the case with a lot of you. You have felt that you are a sheep, helpless on your own, 
not in control, dependent on the shepherd. And this is precisely why John chapter 10 is such good news for us today. For in it, we are reminded that one of the reasons that Jesus came was to bring abundant life to his sheep. Isn't that good news? Jesus came into the world, not just to save you one day, but to give you abundant life today. Which leads me to my point this morning, which is simply this. We must embrace the leadership of the good shepherd. And if we are to enjoy abundant life, then we have to embrace Jesus as our shepherd. We have to say, he calls the shots, he makes the rules, he is the one who provides life and protection and guidance for me. I want to be under my shepherd's care and direction. But this raises the question, what is this abundant life that Christ promises? You know, if we're to follow Jesus as our shepherd and he's saying that I'm going to give you abundant life, we need to know in one sense, what is this abundant life? How do we know that we're walking in it? Fortunately, we don't really have to speculate about that answer because here in John chapter 10, Jesus lays out for us the benefits of the abundant life that he promises. I think there's at least four things in this passage of scripture that Jesus promises to all that walk and follow him as abundant life. So I want to unpack these briefly here together. And then I'm going to spend a good deal of the message this morning, really giving us some practical ways to live that out. So will you follow along with me the benefits of abundant life? Number one, the first thing that Jesus promises those that follow him is this provision. Look at verse number nine. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. You know, back in the, these agrarian days, these pastoral days, pasture was incredibly important for sheep. It's how they found nourishment. It's how they were sustained. And Jesus here is saying, if you follow me, if you are one of my sheep, I will save you and you will go in and go out and find the provision that only I can offer. I mean, this echoes back to maybe the most familiar passage in all the Bible, Psalm chapter 23, where a very familiar image is used. Listen again to what the good shepherd promises to those who follow him. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the rife paths for his namesake. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. To put it simply, the Lord, the good shepherd, is the great need meter. Sorry, I know that's not a word, but it's the only thing I could think of. Like, God knows how to meet needs. He's an expert in it. The shepherd's heart towards his sheep is that he will meet you. He will come to you and provide for you all that 
you need. And if you're a follower of Jesus, don't you know that to be true? Haven't you been provided for time and time again by the Good Shepherd? Man, I, I think about our little toddler church, Gospel Hope. I, I call it a toddler church because I don't think we're a baby anymore. We're three years old. Uh, through this pet pandemic, God has met our needs in profound ways. We've grown, surprisingly, numerically. We've continued to support missionaries. We're training up our next crop of ministry leaders. We've multiplied community groups. We've been able to tangibly care for our neighbors with donations in all kinds of really concrete ways. We've grown in our generosity. To say that the Lord has met our need during this time is the understatement of the decade. And that's just corporately. You know, as Pastor Rod and I have talked with folks in our congregation, we've heard stories of how God has provided jobs and relationships and counsel and resources and medical cares to many of you out in our church family during this time. It just reiterates the idea that is plainly written over this passage and all over the scripture. The shepherd knows how to care for his sheep. And if you want abundant life, if you want to be cared for, then you must entrust yourself to the good shepherd. And if the Lord provided for you during this time, can't you be, can't you be confident that he'll continue to do so? And I know 2020 has been a disaster in many ways. This has been one of the hardest seasons of many of you's life personally, corporately, economically. There's been all kinds of challenges during this season, but God has been faithful. Here we are. We're still standing. And we can be confident that if the Good Shepherd has provided in the past, he will continue to provide in the future. You know, I remember when I was in college and I had the opportunity to listen to a seasoned missionary tell her story of decades of ministry in Cameroon, Africa. As she was telling it, I mean, she had some amazing stories as how they went in these villages and, and God used them in profound ways. And then when her talk was done, uh, another member of the audience kind of was given an opportunity to ask a question and he said something like this, does it ever get easier to trust the Lord? And I remember what this 80-year-old woman said, something to this effect. She said, you know what? When you get in the boat with Jesus a thousand times and he always takes you across to the other side, you do begin to believe that he will be faithful to you in the future. Oh, and friends, that is so true of us. Hasn't God taken you across the river a thousand times? Hasn't God had a track record of faithfulness in your life? Isn't his resume enough to demonstrate that he is a faithful God? We need to remember that God's past faithfulness to you is a down payment on his future faithfulness to you. Or as the Apostle Paul puts it, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. The Lord always has been a provider and the Lord always will be a provider. So when you follow the good shepherd and want to enjoy that abundant life, remember that God provides for his people. Second thing I want to point out is this. 
Not only does the good shepherd give provision to his sheep, he also gives protection to them. Look at verse number 11. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because the hired hand doesn't care about the sheep. Here's the reality, and we all know this to be true. In this world that we live in, wolves are inevitable. You can't avoid them. In fact, Jesus himself plainly tells us over in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 16, look, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. And we faced our fair share of wolves recently. But thankfully, thankfully, when the wolves come, the shepherd does not run. In fact, he does the opposite of running. Look at verse number 11 again. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When the wolves come storming over the horizon, the hired hand, he, he runs away. He flees and leaves the sheep to their own devices. But that's not what the good shepherd does. The good shepherd kind of puts the sheep behind his back and steps up in front of them. And when the wolves come, the shepherd lays down his life. To put it plainly, Christ saves our lives at the cost of his own. That is why Jesus came. Jesus came to protect you from things that you could not protect yourself from them. The wolves of sin and death came storming at you and you were powerless against them. But the good shepherd took out his cudgel and he stood his ground against those wolves. But listen to this. Jesus is no martyr. That is, he didn't just die as a as a lost cause, as it were, as an example. No, Jesus did something more than die as our example. He died as our sinless substitutionary sacrifice and he died as our savior. For not even the strongest wolves in that pack could ultimately lay claim to the life of the shepherd. Verse number 17, I lay my life down. Why, Jesus? Why do you do it? So that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down and I have the right to take it up again. This is Jesus talking smack as it were. Look, you can kill me. That's the worst you can do, but you can't ultimately touch me because I have power even over death itself. So let me revise my statement if I could. Wolves are inevitable, but the shepherd is invincible. The shepherd came to protect us from what we could not protect ourselves from. And here's the good news. If you trust in Christ, the indestructible life that belongs to Jesus belongs to you as well. 2020 has reminded us that the wolves of sin and death seem to lurk around every corner. But when they come for you, and they will, you are under the shepherd's care and they cannot ultimately harm you because the good shepherd provides protection for his sheep. So the abundant life consists of the provision of the shepherd, the protection of the shepherd, and thirdly, I want to point out, it is made up of the proximity of the shepherd. You see, 
Jesus draws near to his sheep. He's not aloof or detached or far away from them. He knows them intimately. Look at verse number 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. That's mind-boggling to me. If you trust in Christ, you are known by God. Known by God. Earlier in the passage, this sweet little detail about this is added. Look at verse number three. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. This, this blows my mind. There are eight billion people on the earth. And the God of the universe, the Savior of the world, the creator and sustainer of every little atom hanging in space knows my name. Sometimes I can't even remember the name of my eight children. And God knows me. That's, that's mind-blowing to me. Today, this should be a source of tremendous comfort. As we hear all the statistics and the large number and the global forecast, it can be easy to feel a little bit lost. Yet, child of God, God the Father, Jesus the Good Shepherd, the Holy Spirit himself knows your name. He knows all your particular fears. He knows every one of the unique pressures that you are experiencing. He knows the range of emotions that maybe right now are running through your heart. Let us not forget as we approach this new year that the good shepherd knows his sheep. Jesus is not just uttering some platitude to the masses. It's going to be okay. Jesus is speaking individually to his sheep. He is whispering their name. He is saying, Kendall and Tiandra, I will be with you as you navigate this unusual season of teaching in a pandemic. He's saying, Jordan, Jordan, don't worry. Cast your cares on me. I know being a student during this time is challenging. I don't know you don't know what the future holds, but I do. He is saying to all of you that are working in emergency rooms and, and hospitals, he's saying, Scott, as you care for your patients, I am caring for you. And he is even saying, Amy, you will be able to get a night's sleep once again in the future. I love you. By the way, congratulations to Josh and Amy on the birth of their new little baby girl just a couple of days ago. Look, friends, the shepherd knows you intimately. He has proximity to you. He pulls you close. That is part of the abundant life that he offers. He knows your name. Fourth thing is this. The good shepherd offers partnership. Uh, look at verse 16 and let me unpack what I mean by this. But I have other sheep that are not from the sheep pen. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. Uh, this is a massive theological theme throughout the Bible. But here, here's this truth as simply as I can put it. When you trust in Jesus, you not only belong to the shepherd, but also to the flock. Uh, through the gospel, 
when you trust in the work of Christ on your behalf, you not only gain a heavenly father, you get that, praise God for that, but you also simultaneously and instantly gain brothers and sisters. You not only get a father, but you get a family. Just take a moment and think about the implications of that reality. Now, right now, I want you to look at the screen and, and we're gonna put up some photos of people here in the Gospel Hope family. These are other people like you who have trusted in the work of Jesus. If you have believed the gospel, then you are part of one flock together. You belong to these people. They belong to you and you belong to them. Isn't that a kindness of the Lord? Isn't that part of the abundant life? None of us likes to go it all by ourselves. None of us are wired for aloneness. And that is why God has given us partnership as part of the abundant life. He has invited us to be part of something that is bigger than ourselves. Through the gospel, we get a father and a family, and that is good news for all of our hearts. The abundant life is precious in part because we share it with others that we treasure. So hopefully you hear all of these benefits of the abundant life and you say, I'm in, that's what I want. How do I embrace the leadership of the good shepherd and enjoy this abundant life? How do I get the shepherd's provision and protection and proximity and partnership? How do I walk in that type of abundant life? Again, Jesus answers that question directly for us. Look back at verse number nine and following. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Here, Jesus is not just the shepherd of the sheep, but he is the gate to the sheep pen. He is the gate itself. So what does it mean? I think Jesus's point here is that his sheep will find abundant life through him alone. And this is a great reminder for us today. In this modern era, it can be tempting to believe that abundant life is found in so many things. But one of the blessings of this pandemic is that some of those things have been stripped away from us. Look, friends, abundant life is not in certainty about the future. Abundant life is not even in physical health. It's not in financial security, and it's not even in having a whole bunch of options. All of these are blessings, but ultimately abundant life is found in trusting in the work of Jesus on behalf of sinners like you and I alone. It is saying, I cannot enter the sheep pen in any other way. I can't climb over the wall. I can't get away from the wolves on my own. The only way to have the abundant life that Christ offered is to trust in his atoning death and powerful resurrection on my behalf. And then I become one of a sheep and begin to drink deeply of the abundant life that he holds out. If I could say it very simply, Jesus came to protect us from the illusion of the abundant life so that he might give us the real thing. Jesus came to protect us from the illusion of the abundant life so that he might give us the real thing. So let's use this time of year where we set the reset button. This is a gift from God to remind ourselves that abundant life comes through knowing 
and being known by the Savior. Let me plead with you. If you think that abundant life is found in any other way, being popular or well-liked, being wealthy or financially independent, being successful in your career, being an influencer, being a, a leading voice on something, if you think that abundant life is found in any other way apart from Christ, let me beg you and plead with you this morning that remember that Jesus came to earth to give you real abundant life. And he is telling us, based on the authority of his word this morning, that it can only be found by entering in the gate through him. Make knowing Jesus and being known by Jesus, your highest aspiration. For when you do so, you will find pastures that are green. You will find that he will lead you beside the still waters. And even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you won't have to fear evil. Why? Because the shepherd himself will go with you. And there amidst all that difficulty, all that trauma, all that danger, all that hardship, you know what he's done? He has prepared a table before you in the very presence of your enemies. Make knowing this shepherd and being known by that shepherd, your highest aspiration in 2021. You want to have an abundant life. You want to have an abundant year. Don't chase after the smoke and mirrors of the world. Go after the shepherd and he will lead you to green pastures. So you might hear this and say, man, Ryan, I believe that. I want that. Or at least I want to want that. But how do I go about it? How do I take steps towards pursuing abundant life in Christ? Let me offer very, three very practical suggestions that if you will adopt in 2021, these are not revolutionary, these are not mind-blowing things, these are very simple things. But if you will adopt them in 2021, I guarantee, based on the authority of God's word, that you will begin to enjoy the abundant life that the Savior promises. Three things that you can do for your consideration. First thing is this, listen to the shepherd's voice. If abundance of life comes by trusting and following Jesus, being known and knowing Jesus, then we have to have a posture that is prepared to listen to him. In fact, Jesus hints at that earlier in John chapter 10, verse number four. The sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. So let me give you a very concrete way, two of them in fact, that you can know and listen to the Savior's voice in 2021. The first thing is this. Read the Bible. And, and, and do it with the church. So if you want to go to your church center app right now, if you have your phones with you, I'd encourage you to do that. Or right here below, you can see a link for a Bible reading plan that we at Gospel Hope Church are going to be doing together in 2021. Will you just say, you know what? This year, I'm going to read the Bible with my church family because I want to hear the shepherd's voice. One of the greatest things that you can do to impact your days and your months and your years is by routinely, regularly spending time in God's word and getting your heart oriented on the shepherd. So let me encourage you right now today, sign up for that plan. You can either get it 
physically. You can download the plan via PDF or you can sign up for the Bible app where other people in the church can be tracking along with you and following along as you are reading the Bible together. Let's make 2020, uh, 2021 a year where we are just reading God's word to listen to the sound of the shepherd. So you might say, you know what, Pastor Ryan, I'd really love to do that, but I've never really had a devotional time with the Lord or I've tried to do it before and you know I get about a weekend or I get to the book of Deuteronomy and everything falls off. What do I do? Well, in order to help you think about how you can spend time with the Lord, we are offering in January an equip online class called Together with God Habits that Help Us Grow. And Pastor Rod's going to be teaching just a three-week series during our community group break where he will be telling you just about his own devotional time and giving you some practical habits and tools and tactics to help you have a regular time with the Lord. So what you can do is download that Bible reading plan so that you're on board with that and then attend or our Gospel um, Hope Equip online class, Time with God, so that you can learn how to have a solid, daily, quiet time with the Lord. Let me encourage those. You can sign up in the link below here once again, or you can go to the Church Center app and you can register for that class. Just take that little step to begin to listen to the shepherd's voice in 2021. The second thing I want to encourage you with, or another way that you can really enjoy the abundant life, is this. Commit to the shepherd's flock. Man, 2020 has been challenging for churches and for church attenders alike. You know, I, I read a recent Barna poll that said one in five churches will not make it through this pandemic. So when this is all said and done and when the all the fallout is over, 20% of churches in the United States will end up closing their doors. But there's actually good news in spite of this. A, a Gallup poll unsurprisingly reported across the board during this season of time, basically mental health in the United States is on a, a dramatic decline. Virtually every group of people, every demographic of people in the U.S. are experiencing some sort of dip in what they would consider mental health. But there was one outlier. There was one group of people who actually experienced a growth in mental health during that time. You know who that was? It was people who attended a weekly worship gathering. And that's an amazing statistic. While it certainly was and continues to be good and right for us as a church to modify the way that we gather and to try to gather safely, and at times we've canceled our gatherings, that was good and right, and we should continue to be sensitive to what's going on in our world and what's going on with the virus. But I want to encourage all of our church family not to let corporate worship be something that we used to do. Something that we used to do pre-pandemic. As a pastor, Pastor Enrada and I have talked about this. One of our concerns is that there is a, a spiritual dulling going on in our country, in our church, all across the world because of our inability to gather. And we understand the reasons why that is. What I want to do is simply encourage you in 2021 to commit to regularly connecting with God's people. If you feel it's right and best and safest for you right now to gather online, more power to you and praise God. But do make that a serious priority in your life. 
really set aside time to hear God's word, to interact with people, even online, to be involved in community groups. If you feel that that is the best course of action, we are encouraging you to continue to do that, but make it a commitment in your life, not just something that's an add-on. Or if you feel comfortable gathering in person, man, we'd love to have you here as we gather in person in our safe and modified format. If you feel safe and comfortable doing that, we want you to do that. Whatever the case, make 2021 a year where you really commit to gathering with God's flock. Remember, the good shepherd came to make you part of that one flock. He is your shepherd, but he's also made you part of the flock. So your relationship with God matters, yes, but also your relationship with fellow sheep matters as well. So let's remember that we were not made to go it alone. Plug in to the online platforms that we've given you. Be involved in your community group. If you don't know how to do that, go out to our website or the Church Center app. We would love to get you connected to a group or attend in person if you feel safe doing so. Commit to God's flock. The third and final things I want to admonish you or encourage you to do is share the shepherd's message. (laughs) Isn't this sweet that Christ came in the world to provide for us and protect us and draw near to us and invite us into something larger than himself? Isn't that a blessed gift? Isn't that abundant life? And if we value it, as we treasure it as abundant life, it should be on our lips. Can I, can I challenge you? Can I challenge each of us to say, Lord, in 2021, would you let me share my shepherd's message? Maybe right now, God is putting a particular individual on your heart who you think, man, this person needs to hear about the abundant life that is available in Christ. Would you begin to pray for that person by name? and ask the Lord to really do a work in your heart and in their heart so that you might proclaim the wonderful words of abundant life that we have been entrusted. And we have a good shepherd and we have good news. So let it be on our hearts and in our mind and let it be in our lips. Let us speak of the good news of the good shepherd who came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. So let's be a church that listens to the shepherd's voice, that's committed to the shepherd's flock, and finally that speaks and shares the shepherd's message. Let's pray together. Father, would you help us to really see that you're the good shepherd, and as we approach this new year, Lord, help us to walk in abundant life. Lord, if there are those that are listening to me that don't understand fully what that abundant life is or how they can come to embrace the leadership of the good shepherd. Lord, I pray that you would cause them to reach out and connect with somebody who can help them understand that more fully. Lord, I pray that we would be committed to following you in this new year. Thank you even for the calendar and the reminder it is that we can reset, we can refresh, we can begin again and really head into the season following our good shepherd with renewed vigor and zeal to see the abundant life that he offers played out in our lives. Lord, we thank you so much for the work of our shepherd on our behalf. In his precious name we pray. Amen.